Welcome to this episode of the Education Revolution Podcast. In this episode, Jerry recounts how he got stuck in Virginia at the height of the COVID-19 outbreak in New York and what the experience taught him. Because of the COVID-19 virus and social distancing, I found myself thrust back closer to nature than I'd been since I was a child. Just after the outbreak, I traveled with some Aero staff members to visit their relatives in Virginia. It was to be a three-day visit, but Mother Nature had a different idea. While we were there, all hell broke out where my home is on Long Island and where the Aero office is, it became dangerous to go back. Eventually, the Aero staff members went back, but I stayed here. So, this, I wrote this when I was in Virginia, actually. I'm in the demographic most vulnerable to the virus. Although I have maintained a very healthy diet for a long time, the people I'm staying with in a community quite close to a pond, it has walking paths all around it. So every day I go for a walk and try to stay in good physical condition, making sure that I maintain social distance with the handful of people I encounter along the way. As time has gone on, I've noticed that, I, that they've become friendlier and friendlier. Even as we give each other a wide berth, we sometimes have conversations from 10 feet away. But another thing I've noticed is how dramatically different the pond is every day. It seems that each time I go there, I see something amazing. The most dramatic events have to do with the fish and the animals. But the constantly changing weather and light patterns are also, also breathtaking. Early on, I saw a sad event. Along the side of the pond, near where the water flows out of it and into a rivulet into the woods, I saw a dead deer. I don't know how the deer died. Nearby, I saw some big blackbirds circling. I found out that they were vultures. Later on, as I walked around the other side of the pond, I saw what looked like a very tall, skinny bird statue a few feet into the water. Then the statue flapped its wings and flew gracefully away. I found out that it was a blue heron. People are allowed to fish in the pond, but they must throw the fish back. One day, I brought some bread and saw dozens of big mouth bass come over to the pier that jutted into the pond. On another day, I saw someone catch a small fish he called a crappie and then throw it back. Many people fished from the, from the pier with lures for long periods of time and caught nothing. It seems that the fish are on to lures. But one day I saw someone fishing with a hot dog 
and that's probably a pretty good use of them, <laughs> and catch a pretty big catfish. It fought for a while, and after the young fisherman reeled it in, he had to work quite hard with pliers, taking care not to be bitten, to remove the hook and throw it back in. The next day, after seeing the dead deer, I was shocked to see that the vultures had practically picked it clean, with not much but a skeleton left. On succeeding days, I saw the vultures came back time and time again, somehow getting more and more out of the carcass and bones, even dragging it, dragging it a, big, a bit up the stone beach. Watching this ebb and flow of life was very profound. I saw a variety of other birds, including ducks, geese, and robins. They seemed to coexist pretty well. I began to see more of the blue herons. There seemed to be a pair of them. One day, I saw one circling around and land on the fishing pier. Standing right on the railing where the human fishermen fly fished. He stood absolutely still, even allowed me to walk up the wooden walkway, getting quite close to him. Then suddenly he dived into the water, and with a whoosh, he emerged with a big fish and flew away. Clearly his technique was much better than the humans, and he did not throw the fish back. The people I was staying with knew something about wild foods, and we sometimes gathered wild chive and chickweed, which is a delicious green. It is spring, and the light green leaves have gradually been appearing on the trees along with the beautiful cherry blossoms. One day when we were walking, we saw deep into the woods what we thought was a fox, and shortly after, a deer. Perhaps that's what happened to the dead deer we saw at the side of the pond. More recently, I saw the fox quite close up with a big bushy red tail. One of the most wonderful sights was heralded by the quacking of a duck coming out from under the bridge by the outflow of the pond. She was closely followed by seven ducklings. Pretty soon another duck, perhaps the father, took the rear guard. When a third duck began to intrude on them, the two began to chase and herd him away, eventually forcing him to cross the street into the outflow area of the pond. I've seen the mother with her chicks several times since then. The last time was at dusk, just after dusk. I was happy to see them because it was just after I had seen the fox in the same area. New life is fragile and it's precious in this time of the education revolution. I haven't driven a car since I've been here. I go for walks every day in various directions but I always go down to the pond, no matter where else I go. Walking around there every day is like watching a soap opera every day. There are always surprises, as well as triumphs and tragedy. We previously talked about the deer who had died somehow, and how the vultures 
picked its bones clean. At this point, you could hardly even see the bones on the shore. One of the latest themes is spring, with leaves sprouting out of the trees, flowers and bushes blooming, and new life. One day I was surprised to see six ducklings following their mother around. They seemed so small and vulnerable. I could hardly believe that they were able to swim in the big pond. I watched for them every day and spotted them several times. But then one day I saw a deer in the woods and shortly thereafter what looked like a fox. Meanwhile, it looked like the mother duck was sheltering with her ducklings under the road where the pond overflows into the small stream and into a bog. Then the next day I saw the, uh, the fox close up with a big bushy tail on the side of the bridge that flows into the bog where the ducks were. And I was worried for the ducklings. But I did see them the next day. Then I hadn't seen them for several days. In that same period, there was a massive storm that turned the pond overflow into the Niagara River as it flowed under the bridge. Today I saw the two ducks in the water flowing into the bog, but the ducklings weren't with them. But I knew that there were two other ducks, so I was hoping the ducklings might reappear. But in the very late visit to the pond, I saw the four ducks with no ducklings in sight. So I suppose, I supposed either the fox or the storm got them, and I was pretty sad about it. However, I did see for the first time two geese on the pond with two young goslings. Let's hope they make it. As I left the pond, I looked down at the spot where I had seen the mother duck with her ducklings on the side of the road. There I saw her completely still. Then she began to slowly swim out by herself toward the middle of the pond. I hold out the slim hope that the ducklings would somehow reappear like a character returning to the soap opera. It was getting late, quite late, and I was surprised to look up at the sky to see a single bright star. Tune in tomorrow, next day. There's good news and bad news today. I took a long walk in a different direction today, but the dust came. Uh, but as as dusk came, I decided to pay one more visit to the pond. The first thing I saw was eight ducks coming together in the pond. Four of them on one side, four from the other. I looked carefully, but I didn't see any ducklings. I then walked toward the bridge. A mother, a father, and their two-and-a-half-year-old boy were looking toward the stream flowing out from the pond. Then a bit further toward the bridge. Wait, could it be? There was the mother duck with two ducklings. Somehow they had survived. The father told me there had originally been eight. When I saw them, there were six. So somebody else is watching this soap opera. And he's the second person who told me that he watched mom and pop duck chase the interloper across the road. So I stood there as darkness descended and watched the mother duck and her two ducklings ducking their heads in the shallow water near the tall grass. I was happy that at least the two had survived. A couple of days later, just when I thought I'd seen everything, I could see at the pond, uh, just when I thought I'd seen everything, uh, 
Just when I thought I'd seen everything I could see at the pond, I saw something I never saw before in my life. I walked over to the bridge over the pond outlet in the afternoon. I was looking for the ducklings with the mother duck I'd seen two days earlier. They weren't at the spot where I'd seen them. Suddenly, an eight-year-old girl nearby pointed to a spot way down the stream. Oh my God, what's that, a bald eagle? Well, I was dubious about the idea, but suddenly I saw the biggest bird I'd ever seen in my life. It was taller than the blue heron, much heftier. It was standing like a statue in the middle of the stream. So again, that's what I thought it might be. Then suddenly it picked up a fish from the stream and munched it down. I called to an older passerby from across the street. Do you know what that bird is, I yelled. He could see it from across the street, perhaps a football field away. He said, yes, it's a whooping crane, the biggest bird in America. I couldn't believe it. I thought they might be extinct because I know they almost were extinct, extinct a few years ago. We just stood there, transfixed by what we were seeing. And then things got even dicier. The fox darted out from the underbrush and came to within 10 feet of the feeding bird. The fox stood there for a second, looking at the bird who was bigger than he was. The bird looked up at him as if to say, you looking at me? What, you kidding? You wanna mess with me? The, box, the fox then rapidly walked and then raced away. Then the bird looked up at us on the road, mouths agape, as if to say, what are you looking at? And he continued to feast on the fish, which he was still doing a half hour later when we came back. So that's what I wrote when I was visiting Virginia. It was an amazing time there that I'll never forget. And it brought me back close to nature again. And I think it's something that we all need to experience. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Education Revolution Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can always email us at jerryarrow at aol.com. That's J-E-R-R-Y-A-E-R-O at aol.com. Or call the Arrow office at 516 621-2195.